your source for Big Ten Talk. It's Off Tackle Empire! So, that being said, we'll look forward, and now we're going to go into bowl season. And, I, you know, overall, the Big Ten's bowl draw, pretty favorable. Um, helps, obviously, to not be playing in the playoff. You're not playing any of the top three or four teams in the country. Um, and the schedule is also staggered in such a fashion that you could watch almost the entirety of a Big Ten bowl season without any overlap. So, to run through the dates for your reference, um, the first game is on 12-26. That's the Quick Lane Bowl here in Detroit. Then... So whether or not I'm coming to that one does depend on when it is, because if it's at noon, I just don't see how I can do it. I think it's a 5 o'clock, 5.15 kickoff. Well then, that's pretty plausible. We um, do know that uh, our uh, one of our own will be there. And so we'll sit with him in front of the tarps, just the same as we did with him and Wildcat. Um, so I guess we'll... And then we'll watch some triple option football right, for the we'll, last time. We'll go game... Well, we don't know that. It's prob It's fair to assume that whoever Georgia Tech hires will move into a more modern offensive system. Unless Willie Fritz is the man because right? he was at Georgia Southern. Right. Yeah. He knows the area. He does. And having that local tie, I mean... Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Well, anyway... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, in case you hadn't gathered, that matchup is Minnesota Part versus... 2 is so sad that Paul Johnson's retiring. I know, you're just here with two of your ten favorite people and your favorite dog friend in the world and everything is terrible. I know. Oh no. Oh no. But Paul Johnson's retiring. Oh goodness, Simon. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Quick Lane Bowl. Detroit, formerly known as the Pizza Bowl. Minnesota and Georgia Tech. Um, it's always hard to gauge how a coach's retirement is going to impact a team. When it's a retirement like this, I think it's usually more straightforward. I generally assume that the team with the retiring coach is going to put forward their best effort. And well, it's their last chance to get a win for their coach. Your last chance to throw a whole shit ton of cut blocks if you're an offensive lineman and that's all you've been taught your whole career. So yep. <laughs> unless you want to transfer to a service academy for the most part. Uh, again, there are a few other triple option teams out there, but, um, you know, that being said, does P.J. Fleck really just look at this game as another opportunity to continue playing his young guys, continue improving his, you know, the foundation of the program in a year when they weren't really competing for anything meaningful? Well, I mean, you're asking yourself, what does P.J. Fleck see this game as? Yeah. There's an obvious answer. A branding, big opportunity branding opportunity for PJ Fleck. That's right. But we might want to rethink where we sit for this game. <laughs> Do we want to sit behind him? As long as he doesn't know that we're there. He's not going to care about us. <laughs> we, we just want to be able to observe him in his natural habitat, is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. See just what 100% buy in looks like. <laughs> right. So, you know. Hey, we've talked a lot of Minnesota. Y'all yeah. happy? Yeah. What do we think about the chances that uh, Minnesota can control the ball for any reasonable length of time, for any uh, substantial length of time in this game? Well, Georgia Tech's defense is kind of middle of the road, which, again, you know, Minnesota does have samples this season. Fresno State stands out in particular against pretty good defenses where they were nonetheless able to maintain good possession. It'll kind of depend on who's healthy and who's able to play. They were banged up somewhat down the stretch. I, I wonder at this point, I mean, you would think by the time the bowl game runs around. I'm not sure what Onyx Dodd's injury was. Tanner Morgan played well enough that maybe they just don't open that can of worms and revisit I it. Think and revisit most, it in the I think that's most likely, to be honest that with you. Seems, I mean, honestly, the 
they were both freshmen. Morgan already had the red shirt, but they both have enough eligibility left that if he ends up being the better guy, what are you really losing out on by not playing Zach Onyxstad? He, he transfers yeah. too? I mean, well, you look at their three best wins of the year. Uh, Fresno State, Mountain West champions, by the way. Yeah, that game, that win in um, age pretty well. But the defense won that game. Yeah. Onyxstad just didn't screw it up. Right. Uh, on the other hand, Tanner Morgan was a significant contributor to their wins over Purdue and Wisconsin, and the yeah. defense did step up for those as well. Um, but that that defense is so up and down for Minnesota. It's it is. It's I don't really know what to think about it. You can't obviously you can't ask for much more than a whole month and a half to prepare for a team like this. Right. If you're gonna catch Not a month and a half, if you, month. Well, still you get the bowl practices and. If you're going to catch a triple option team, you certainly want to do it in a bowl instead of a regular season game, especially one other than the first one. Remember that time that Baylor's quarterback was out and they just changed their whole offense to triple option? Yeah, they just basically like <laughs> ran a wildcat triple option and they won! That was sick! <laughs> I wish more teams would do that. Just completely change their offense to something completely different for the bowl game. Yeah, like you do in NCAA football. Just like, um, actually we're flexbone now and, and and the players just flawlessly execute it like there's no no crossover. Iowa's now air raid. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. I mean they they could run they could finally run the empty set with five tight ends. Tell me that wouldn't tell me that wouldn't tell me that wouldn't rapture some of the Iowa folk that we know. I mean would that not be would that not be their platonic ideal of a game? So, yeah, you know, Minnesota has a couple of playmaking linebackers in Cashman and Barber such that if they make their reads properly, if they're coached up properly, they should win this game. I guess we'll see if they're able to be coached up properly or if maybe there's just a little bit of snake oil being pushed in the Twin Cities. So, Well, I don't know how they can stack up against the best fight song in the nation, but... Uh, rootin' tootin' Cowboy Joe begs to differ, Ragtime Cowboy Joe. Nevertheless, the uh, the pinstripe bowl. This is this everything about this. This game might is be this might be the saddest bowl game on the slate this year. This is a rematch of last year's Orange Bowl, by the way, between Wisconsin <laughs> and Miami. Which, like, it is it does it is it kind of funny how petty bowl selection gets occasionally? Like all those times when they made Boise State and TCU play when they were the two mid major powers. Well, it's it was like, also like like they made two of they made. One of the best TCU teams play one of the best Boise State yeah, teams. Yeah. Like, let's see what these teams can do. Against no, each let's other. Not. Let's not. Let's not even <laughs> pretend that we're interested. Let's contain them in a hamster ball and throw them down the stairs into the basement. Yeah, so but. Miami, obviously, they didn't get the season that they wanted because the U was back. Uh, and then the U was back to, like, mid-Randy Shannon. Yeah, now the U is back to what the U has been in Wisconsin, most of our lifetimes. Wisconsin, what, 8-4 and four and they lost the Axe? For the first time in no seven and five seven and five my god lost the axe for the first time in like fourteen years I mean this is awful and now they say no you know what you're gonna pl- oh you're gonna play each other all right but it's gonna be in New York in a baseball stadium <laughs> on a frozen sheet of ice because <laughs> because there's no heating elements under yet under the field you don't deserve any more than that this is what you get for being really disappointing you guys I don't remember exactly why but I watched this game last year the one between Iowa and Boston College it was the worst game I've ever watched I've watched a lot of <laughs> Michigan State football this year the worst game I've watched because it was it was just they were playing on a skating rink because they played a game at the end of December in New York on a field with no climate control elements because they don't play baseball in the winter so they don't the field doesn't have heating elements under it because why would it there's no need to keep the field from freezing well, right now unless you're going to play a dumbass <clears throat> bowl game in it the good news is we're not adding one of those immediately 
until next year. We're apparently doing one at Wrigley Field. I hope Northwestern plays in it every year. <laughs> <laughs> That's petty. Uh, so, but not as petty as this matchup. I have no idea what's going to happen here. All I know is that nobody's going to be happy about the outcome. Yeah, none at all. I mean, I would assume that both fan bases will show up to the extent Miami ever even shows up for home games. If you're Wisconsin, this is not a destination you're likely to see again soon. Because I, I do think, in spite of all the questions, especially with the defense, they're probably in line for a rebound next year. So well, you let's may just keep well, saying that. Yeah, they're probably going to go undefeated and win the national title next year, remember? Just, yep. just like a lot of people predicted this year. Um, keep saying things out loud that are good for Wisconsin, and they'll definitely come to pass, as happened with our predictions for them this year. So get on, get on board or get the hell out of the way. Um, so, yeah, moving on. And that's that again, day after the quick lane bowl. So we've got them that week after Christmas. You're not working anyway. Pretend to work at the office. Find the TV and just watch big after big after big in the bowl games. Music City Bowl. Purdue and Auburn. Well, this is an interesting one uh, because Auburn's got so some much of the most more talent, talent in the, like they're one of the top ten most talented teams by uh, by recruiting blue chip ratio. Yeah, so much more talent than Purdue. This game should not be close on paper. It should not be done on paper. This not, this should not be a matchup that happens. And yet here Auburn is falling to this type of game because of how spectacularly they underperformed this year. And I mean, remember, think back to that first week of the season when they beat Washington in that neutral site game, and everyone's like, oh, perhaps it's it's Auburn's year to make the play. Nope, nope. Well, they lost to Tennessee, and then... The wheels came off after that. But yeah, they, they, this is still, I mean, again, if this game played out by solely by the strengths of the players, it would be an Auburn win and an easy one. But that's why we play the games. And, of course, we all remember... Well, you know, we don't all remember stuff. People forget that Purdue beat Ohio State this year. What was the score in that one? Uh, it was a lot to not as much. Was it 49-20? to 20? Something like that. It was a large margin of victory for Purdue. No, that's not something many people are aware of, though. Kind of like last year. Do you remember If you were to I add... Yeah, if you were to add uh, six to, to Purdue's score, and then you were to add uh, four... To Ohio State, it would be 55 to 24. Is there any significance to that particular number? It just feels like a score that Ohio State might lose by. No, that's preposterous. Ohio State would never lose by that score, especially to a middle, a middling Big Ten team that they look down on. So, anyway, back to the Music City Bowl. Um, I think Nick Holt doesn't get anywhere near enough credit as Purdue's defensive coordinator because we predicted a huge backslide for their defense, and it regressed certainly, but. Nowhere near to the level that we thought. We thought it was going to be a dumpster fire. No, no. They, they, for one thing, they definitely did still have a little more talent on hand than we may have given them credit for. Marcus Bailey continued to be a playmaker. Lorenzo Neal was important. Uh, they had big contributions from Cornell Jones. And their secondary got substantially better over the course here, too. But, yeah, part of that, again, it's not like all those guys would have been in the picture of guys you think of when you think of a foundation for a defense before this season. We knew Bailey's name. That was about it. Um so yeah, Nick Holt is certainly going to be a guy, whether Jeff Brom stays or not, he's going to get some attention from other places, even if it's just a lateral move for a big pay raise. It's not like he's made a spectacular defense, but he's held together better than I thought the defense would. And given the he's, way... He's, he's made more out of the... Yeah. The, 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 the sum is greater... The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yes. And that given, defense. Given the improvements that they've seen in recruiting already if they're there for another couple of years and they get better pieces in the hands of a guy like Nick Holt then they could really be cooking and when you look at this 
particular game, I mean, you've got a handful of vital seniors on Purdue's roster, particularly at the offensive skill positions. Uh, David Blau's last game as a Boilermaker already somehow. Doesn't it seem like he was just the next hope for Daryl Hazel like a minute ago, and now he's already playing his last game? Like, where does the time go, man? Um, I know, R2. I'm sad to see a player like him go, too. <laughs> so... In spite of the massive talent, normally when you see this kind of talent matchup, you're like, all right, well, Auburn probably wins that. But what is Auburn playing for in this game, really? Like, the discussion about whether they fire Gus Malzahn or not has gone on and off all year. Apparently, they're keeping him. Again. But they're trying to settle a reduced buyout. Yeah, well, I think he agreed to it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's basically them telling him, okay, one last shot, buddy, and then you're out of here. And that's what, like... So, if you, if and then he's like... And it sounds like he was just like... Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That seems fair. That's fine. Fair enough. So, the thing is... So that's what their players had to think about, is that their coach is on his way out after another year if they don't dramatically turn it around. The thing is, this could surprisingly turn into a defensive struggle when you consider, one, Auburn always recruits very well in the defensive line and in the defensive backfield. Um, and two, specifically the defensive line, though. They've really... Oddly enough, recruited well on defensive line under Gus Malzahn. Uh, so that, you know, and when your defensive line is overpowering the offensive line, it just closes everything in your playbook. And the other thing is that Auburn's offense has really struggled to, I mean, basically at this point it's played out and everybody knows it. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a huge innovation when it came in, but it's not, it's because but it's, it's kind of simple. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> Malzahn hasn't come up with any new tricks and... If you don't change, if you don't adapt, you're Mark D'Antonio, you're Kirk Ferentz. You can still have some success doing the things you know well, but you're not. You're only going to go so far. So, yeah, I, this is the first of the three games we've talked about where, in spite of the talent disadvantage on paper, again, paper only because Purdue players sure play up much higher than their than the rankings they came in with. I'm more confident about the the Big Ten winning this game than I am probably any of the others, with the possible exception of the next one we're going to talk about. That would be the Peach Bowl on the 29th, Michigan versus Florida. How do these two teams keep playing each other? Well, to circle back to Minnesota, because we don't talk enough Minnesota on this podcast, hey, Minnesota, how does it feel to basically have, to basically be replaced by Florida as Michigan's rival? Y'all only played once in the last three years. Michigan's on their third date with Florida. Yeah, so we're gonna—they're looking to put a ring on it. They're gonna have a trophy soon. Well, really? maybe, maybe maybe a maybe a jug that is not particularly large and uh, and and might be like kind of not 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 quite black, but then like maybe with like a little little more color to it. Tiny blue bottle. We'll call it yeah. that. How original? How perfect? I love it. It's like it's a it's a hallowed piece of college football tradition now. So. A little bit of familiarity here. Um, Jim you know, Michigan and LSU have never played. Cool story. At what made you think of that? Well, because because the, they had the opportunity to match up Michigan and LSU, and then UCF and, then UCF and, Florida. and Florida. That could have been How, perfect, man. It, doesn't it blow your mind that Michigan and LSU have never played? I guess. Like you I would mean, have thought they would have played at some point. There aren't but really anyway. all that. There aren't really all that many. Well, no, there are there are lots of SEC Big Ten bowl times, or at least there yeah. used to be. I mean, some of the like the Gator rotates out now, but there's still the Citrus and the Outback every year. Well, there also is this one. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, the P- but Big Ten hasn't always had a tie into the field. Although yeah. it used to be the Cap One, didn't it? I can't keep track of what bowls are what anymore, man. Um, but so, look, there might have been some additional familiarity here because Jim McElwain was a part of Harbaugh's staff. But hey, he's did you now... hear Central Michigan football has officially jumped the shark? That's <laughs> you helped me tee you up. I was gonna. But anyway, yeah. So he's just signed basically a two-year deal to coach at Central Michigan, and then he'll be the head coach at. 
probably like Ole Miss or some shit. Um, but yeah, so you lose that familiarity. But again, these teams play each other every year now. Florida is good. They have lots of talent, but they don't do anything especially well on offense. They, you know, they have not had either a hundred yard rusher or a hundred yard receiver this year. Um, you know, Felipe Franks is yet another four slash five star quarterback who goes to Florida to become nothing. Uh, presumably, he will transfer somewhere else, have a tremendous senior season, and then be drafted. Uh, you know, just I mean, how many other guys is that? So that happened to Jacoby Brissett. It's going to happen to Will Greer. Um, um, uh, Jeff Driscoll. I was, yeah, Jeff Driscoll. Who was, wasn't there a guy that went to Boston College from there? Uh, Murphy, Tyler Murphy. Yes. He didn't get drafted, but he had a great senior year. Um, so, you know. Cam Newton. That's kind of, well, <laughs> different circumstances, but yes, that is kind of the tradition of Florida quarterbacks these days. Uh, really, their only playmaker is Kadarius Tony, I think is his yeah. first name. Yeah, uh, and he's great. But they can have you one imagine playmaker. being in that class when Cam Newton walked up to the pile of exams, took one, <laughs> erased the name, and wrote Cam Newton and turned it in? And he's looking at it like what? He's Could like, you Who? imagine <laughs> having the balls to do that? Like, I don't know how you even walk around. <laughs> yeah, it would kind of it would be like being bow-legged, like you're in the saddle all the time, because you know huge stone plums swinging between your legs. But uh, so look, as far as this matchup goes on paper, it'll be interesting to see what Michigan's mindset is. Um, Rashawn Gary's already announced that he's not playing in the bowl; he's going to be preparing for the draft. Totally understandable. I never blame a guy for making that decision. Um, and to be honest, he kind of had an up and down season this year with the injuries he had. We haven't heard from any other players involved in this game they're doing this i don't believe there's been a handful of other decisions like that made uh michigan is really in my mind still the better team should be favored i would guess by like a touchdown although lines opened on some of these bowls what uh let's see here i would be surprised if michigan wasn't favored by more because they've they're they've had two losses and, and granted i mean the notre dame one was a little closer than i think it really looked so, like at first but and they got shredded by Ohio State. But the those are two very good teams. The opening line here is Michigan minus seven and a half. So, yeah, that's about what I thought. I think Michigan will cover that line. That'll probably move up to about nine by game time, yeah. I would say. I would expect Michigan to win this one handily, to be honest. That Well, that's if they're motivated to get out for it. I mean, if they... I don't... I, I still cannot figure out, and probably we may never really know exactly what, what happened, happened yeah. in that Ohio State game, but... I mean, look, if, if Michigan's able to get over that and get back to who they were for 10 out of 12 games this season, then yeah, they should win pretty easily. If they're disinterested, if they're looking at... I mean, so look, not only Jim McElwain left for a head coaching job. There's talk apparently now that if Maryland is unable to get their first choice in head coach, that Pep Hamilton might be a head coaching candidate. For Maryland, no less, yeah, because they didn't learn from hiring Harbaugh's last assistant that they plucked. But anyway, um, <laughs> there could be substantial turnover on the coaching staff yet again, is my point. But the other thing is, man, every now and then you see a game that just completely breaks a team. It's true, and the other thing is, you know, you think back, it's not as though Michigan under Harbaugh has, has been great shakes in bowl games. Their most recent demonstration there against really kind of a comparable SEC opponent, right? Because South Carolina oh last my year... God. Like, South Carolina last year, right? I mean, it was <laughs> hilarious, but how did they lose that game? Yeah, man. <laughs> well, it, to be fair, that was also John Corn, wasn't it? Or was, uh, was Pete? No, Peters was playing. No, John! No! No, John! No, John! No, John! No! Just think, he'll, he'll be saying, no, Kasim, no, from the field, no less, pretty soon, apparently, <laughs> if, if all is to be believed. So, yeah, like, like we both said, 
Johnny! There's really no excuse for Michigan not to win this game. Um, if they do, if they win this game, what by how, however much? I mean, if it's a last-second field goal, if they win by 30, does that count as a salvageable as a salvaging of this season in any way for you? I mean, it's a New Year's Six bowl game, quality SEC opponent. Is that is that enough? Well, you, I mean, for you to not call this season a total failure for Michigan. Well, I mean, you gotta understand as. I'm sure a lot of Michigan fans do. Really, a lot of Michigan fans I've talked to do understand this. They've kind of compartmentalized the Ohio State game as its own (laughs) tragedy that they have to analyze here. Um, But they do understand that, yeah, Jim Harbaugh did what we asked him to do, which was make Michigan nationally relevant again. And I would say that this makes Michigan nationally relevant. (sighs) See. In the playoff hunt till the end there. This is what they were like this before is, uh, Rich Rodriguez. This is a little bit of moving the goalposts because my understanding, I mean, look, when you say nationally relevant, I mean, does that not require you to win your damn conference? Was this, again, God, just think about how we were talking. Alabama going, won the national title last year. Just think about how, well, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> well, because they didn't win their conference. They were nationally relevant. They've still, they, I think they've mm-hmm. now won seven SEC titles in the last decade or something. Like, it, it's ridiculous. Like, it's not the only metric, okay? But look, for Michigan, they're not getting in as an at-large with the Notre Dame loss this year, okay? they got to win the conference to get in. So that's kind of why I say that. But look, this was the year everything lined up for them. They have the experience. They have the schedule. Um, well, I guess they don't have the schedule because Michigan State and Ohio State are both on the road. But again, that's going to happen every other year. <laughs> you're just going to you're just going to like cross out all the uh, even years on the calendar. But look, my point though is think back to how we were talking about the Michigan Ohio State matchup before it happened. Like Ohio State just looked like look they looked lost for most of this season. This was as big an opportunity as is ever going to open. Like you know what we had heard around. I don't know how much you had heard it, but what I had heard on Michigan talk on sports talk radio on here, which basically is Michigan talk radio, is that well, you know, Urban Meyer is basically on the way out, and D'Antonio, to the extent he's still a threat, he's probably going to retire soon. So then Harbaugh will run the division, and like that's what Michigan football is now, waiting for the rivals you can't beat to just go away on their own. Like, <laughs> and the other thing is. Do you really think Ohio State's not going to hire another great coach? Like, you think they're not going to make a run at Dabo Swinney? You think they're not going to make a run at maybe Kirby Smart? Like, Saban's the only guy they wouldn't have a realistic shot of getting. (laughs) And the other thing is, they're going to have a mountain of talent that Urban Meyer leaves behind because of the way he's recruiting. So, it's not like if he goes away, their roster is going to dissolve in the mist. You're not going anywhere. It's been like seven years since they hired a coach. You have no idea what kind of cash they're capable of throwing around. Yeah. Yeah, Ohio State is one of the... You like, can't five. imagine the coin <laughs> that they will drop. You think they're not going to offer Davos $12 million a year? You think they're not going to come up with that money? They'll easily come up with that money. They could offer Saban an Alex Rodriguez contract. <laughs> I mean, like, look, Saban at this point is basically building money forts in his house instead of couch, using couch cushions. He's, so. he's at this point... <laughs> Building a money moon base. Like, on the actual moon. <laughs> Made of bricks of money. With his money space elevator. Yeah, so, <laughs> it, it just, so, again, this is all a very long way of saying, Michigan win this bowl game, but don't expect us to pat you on the back for doing it. It's a matchup you should win. You're the better team. And even if you do, you re- still really fucked up a big opportunity this season, and no one's going to forget that. You know, you know what this bowl is to me? This bowl is Brady Hoke's Sugar Bowl. If you don't win something else, if you don't prove that you're actually the best team in the conference, don't mean a damn thing. If it so, ain't got that swing. So we got a few more games to talk about here. 
I guess we have to talk about the Red Box Bowl, formerly the Foster Farms Bowl on New Year's Eve, which is where Michigan State will be playing Oregon. Um, I don't care about this game at all. Oregon has similarly been an up and down team for a while. They looked like the class of the Pac-12 North. Then they got pants by Arizona. Justin Herbert was alternatively the consensus number one pick and a total trash prospect who's not worth the paper you would write his name on to take it up to the commissioner to say this is our draft pick. Um, I, no, I have no idea what to expect out of this game. Could MSU's offense plausibly get any worse than it was the last month of the season? Sure it could, if some major player gets hurt in bowl practices or something. Should it be better? Yeah, damn well better be. I mean, with all that time, even if Lewerke doesn't come back, all that time to prepare Lombardi a little better, to make a better game plan that he can actually execute. To get, I mean, they were basically healthy by the end of the season other than Lewerke and LJ Scott, who's not going to play. Well, in one of the key metrics, uh, Lombardi is a one-to-one replacement for Lewerke, and that key metric is in a name that adapts really well for Gus Gasms on deep throws. Lombardi! <laughs> you need, yeah, three syllables, nothing too complicated. But they've got to have a vowel at the end there. Yeah. So, anyway... Um, I don't know what to think about this game. Look, this game is really... I care less about the result than seeing whether there's any signs of competency from this offense. Because if there's not, and Mark D'Antonio doesn't make any changes, which I do not expect him to, uh, he's staking his whole reputation on a big turnaround next year, then, if that's the case. And that's not to say that MSU will fire him, but I would be at the end of my rope with him if he doesn't make some kind of changes next year. So, here's an interesting thought that I had. Uh, As I've mentioned a number of times, uh, November... Illinois comes to play at Michigan State. It's entirely possible. Now, you've mentioned here that, hey, it's possible that by that time, I don't even want to watch this team anymore. Of course... Dude, I'm there now. <laughs> of course, it's Illinois football, game. so there's always a possibility that I'm like, I don't even want to watch this game anymore. So, I say that if we both don't want to watch that game, we have to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll go and we'll... Question. They ran through the puddles. They need to be wiped off. Oh, dear. <laughs> And they ran into the woods twice. Oh, dear. Oh, wow, I see Moon's legs. He's worse. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he is. He's white, so. Well, he was oh, white. <sighs> he was white once. I'll have to put the tarp down in the back seat. Anyway, uh, so yeah. He's got revitiligo. It's the opposite of what Michael Jackson has. If, uh, if both of these games go... I don't even know. What the hell were we even saying? So yeah, we were saying that if, if by... Like, mid, if by the week before that Illinois at Michigan State game, we're both fed up and we don't want to go to that game, if we're both like that, then we have to go. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> If know, it's just one of us, it's not mandatory. It's not, it won't be any fun if only one of us is at all looking forward to it. And we it'll be that. fun if both of us are, but it'll also be, like, anti-fun and then therefore fun in a way if we're both pretty... If, look, if, if they end up looking next year like they did this year, I'm not going to want to give them any of my friggin' money. Like, I'm not going to want to pay for parking. I'm not going to want to pay for the tickets or for food. Well, good news is that stuff should uh, start getting cheaper then, if that's the case. Yeah, Ruck, I think Rutgers tickets could be had for... Well, I turned down multiple offers to just take them for free, but I think on StubHub they're like 6 bucks, which... And it's inertia. You, don't, uh, you know what I mean? It's always the previous season that dictates 
what your next season is going to sell at. Yeah, and so that, like, honestly, from a big picture perspective, I almost kind of wonder if it might not be better for them long term if they lose this game and lose badly. If there's any sign that they do, that they are going to be able to turn things around, like, in a half-assed fashion, then D'Antonio will grip onto that excuse to not make any changes. So maybe they need to get blown out. Like, if just, like, let's have one of those, like, 2012 Oregon boat races where they score, it's like 71 to 0 or something. That's what I want. You know what? That's what I want from this game. Because the only way that MSU ends up winning anything big in the next couple of years, and they should have the roster next year to do something much better than this year, is if there are stylistic, schematic changes to the offense. That's only going to happen if D'Antonio was forced to do it. What, what, what exactly is your opinion on bagels? Are they for champions? Anyway, this is one of those great bowl games that uh, alerts me to the fact that its sponsor is still around. I was not aware that Redbox was still a thing. Yeah, there's still, I still see him at the front of Meyer and everything when I go. Yeah, for, for, for years, of course, the White Sox U.S. Cellular Field was that for me. <laughs> the, the, only, the only sign that U.S. Cellular was still around. Yeah. So anyway. Other um, New Year's Eve game, the Holiday Bowl. A uh, little bit of a... Paltry consolation prize for Northwestern after winning a division. You know, you get passed over for the Outback, passed over for the Citrus. I mean, it's oh, it's two conference championship game losers with roughly the same record. I don't see what the <laughs> well, problem is. I don't know about the Pac-12's bowl lineups necessarily, though. But yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying though is for Northwestern to be passed over by the Outback Bowl when Iowa has been like like five or six times in the last twelve years or so. Like they, they, I feel like they're in Tampa every other year, pretty much. Um, well, as far could, as this game be, goes, I do know that Iowa or that Northwestern did play Mississippi State in the Outback Bowl. They've already gotten playing it there recently. I thought that was the Gator. Oh, I don't. That was the one they won, wasn't it? For God's sake, I don't even know anymore. I think that was the first bowl they won in a long time. I'm pretty sure that was the Gator. I could be wrong, but in any case, they certainly haven't been the, to Tampa nearly as much as Iowa fans recently. So Northwestern and Utah, you've got two defensively oriented teams. Probably not a game that cracks sixty. Um, San Diego is a lovely destination, I suppose, if you're trying to lick your wounds of, you know, getting whipped on a little bit by Ohio State, that maybe that's the way you, you do it. Um, but yeah, so speaking of then our next game, the well, Outback. Nor- uh, Northwestern Utah is going to be an ugly game. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess it's whoever kicks the field goal wins. There'll be some touchdowns. I mean... <laughs> Well, that's what I thought about Washington, Utah. There was there was touchdown. I didn't think there'd be. I mean, no, those were definitely two defensively oriented teams. But it look, is this not the occasion for Pat Fitzgerald to audition for the Packers job? Don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> Outback Bowl. Yeah, so as we've just mentioned, um, Iowa once again going to the Outback Bowl. I, I kind of wonder if the organizers of this bowl are about to get what they asked for. Look, I get that Iowa travels pretty well for bowl games. Um, I get that they're a larger fan base. But between the underachievement they just had over the course of the season when, as we've said multiple times, they should have won the division, should have gone to the conference title game, did not do either of those things. And the fact that they've been to this bowl multiple times in the recent past, I wonder how much the Hawkeye faithful really feel like traveling for this game, even though it's yet another excuse to get away from Iowa in the dead of winter. Idiots out back wandering around. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's what it stands for, isn't it? They always route back. So, uh, <laughs> as far as the matchup on the field goes, Mississippi State is an extremely one-dimensional team 
in the run game, but because they have both talented running backs and a good running quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald that is one, an absolute step that, up. That one dimension is kind of broader than it normally would be. Um, this is, again, going to, not unlike Minnesota's matchup, I mean, Minnesota, don't mistake Mississippi State for an option team necessarily, but it's, it is going to be about sound assignments, maintaining a spy on the quarterback. Well, if I recall correctly, uh, Joe Moorhead's last game against Iowa was that near miss that they had last year, where uh, Penn yeah. State, it was Iowa, Penn State 21, Iowa 19 or something like that. So yeah, Joe Moorhead's coach there. Yeah, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. I would think that with the talent Iowa has defensively in, in the front seven in particular, in the defensive line in particular, in particular, that this shouldn't be too much of a problem for them. But again, it, like, what are you playing for if you're Iowa at this point? You're playing for your seniors. There's plenty. I mean, Noah Fant declared for the draft. I don't, I don't know that he's said whether he's going to play or not. I wouldn't. Why would you? Well, I mean, why, why exactly would you go out there and not catch? You know, and not have any balls thrown your way. <laughs> right. That's true. You can sit at home and not have any balls thrown. You, his you way. could very well play and not risk injury. <laughs> so, um, we'll move on. Not then. risk injury blocking <coughs> sixty times. <laughs> well, no, because if they're blocking, they'll just use Hawkins and they won't play him. So, um, well, they might want to see what Fant's blocking chops are. Why he's. <laughs> I don't know. Why year. does Kirk Ferentz do things? They're not going to have him next year. So, Citrus Bowl. Uh, Penn State versus Kentucky. Sure yeah. is a game. Uh, sure is two blue and white teams who earlier in the season had a lot more on their plates. Disagree on the shade of blue that should go with white. They most certainly do. Vociferous disagreement between the two of them. Um, the question is, will Benny Snell make it through this whole game without being ejected for, like, Coming for a ref. Fan. Oh my god, bringing that. Yeah. That Pack 12 refs, by the way. <laughs> I believe um, we were talking about this in our aborted podcast. There was he, all sorts of. If he does, he should deliberately truck the ref for real on his way out. That's what I would do. I wouldn't be like. <laughs> I'd still. You're can. saying he should AJ Bush that ref. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, my goodness. I, in any case, you know. This is. I mean, Penn State's strength this year really has been running the ball, but not quite the same way that Kentucky has been. Yeah. Kentucky is just... Uh, Kentucky's like an SEC team from 10 years ago. Right. That just, like, they hand the ball off a lot, and they play fairly good defense. Yeah, well, Josh Allen is an absolute stud, and so that... They, Josh Allen? What? Yeah, they have... Kentucky has a defensive end named Josh Allen. Oh, that's right. He's going to be like a top 12. Like, like uh, the Texas running back Trey Watson. Yeah, pretty much right. And so there's a non-zero chance that if Buffalo slides a few spots in the draft, they'll take a Josh Allen two years in a row. Also Lamar Jackson at uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nebraska. These things, these things happen. But so anyway, um, there are there's a few NFL talents to watch on both sides of the ball, obviously. Look, How many of Josh's Allen is too many on an NFL roster? Right now, one. I just um, wanted to say Josh's <laughs> Allen, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Penn State fan, you're saying goodbye to Trace McSorley in this game. Probably not what you had in mind for his last, for, you know, his postseason as a senior. But, you know, the kid did win you a conference title. He had, his name's going to be all over the record books. I wonder, is it clear on what they're going to do from a quarterback perspective next year? I mean, Tommy Stevens has been involved in a number of game plans, but not really as a traditional quarterback. And I don't know what else they have on the roster at that position because they haven't gone further down the bench that I've ever seen. Well, I mean, this is this bowl game is an interesting one because you've got Penn State, you know, traveling to the home of a much more tradition-rich football team that's had a lot more success recently. So they can see what it's like on the big stage because they're not... They're maybe, still up and coming. You think they're going to get to tour UCS campus while they're there? Maybe. That'd be just a hell, maybe. Yeah, that's a hell of an extra. Maybe, maybe tour the facilities. 
You see know? what a real championship program exactly. Looks like. See see what it takes to that would really be great. That would be great. Level. That would be great for an upstart program like Penn great State. Great experience for get, them. You know they can build some, about all those may, maybe borrow some things and build some tradition of their own. That's just a real good opportunity for an up and coming young program like Pitt. All right, yeah, that's that's good. This is that's what bowl season's all about, right? Yeah, um, this is a really great thing about this time of year for college football. So speaking just, of what bowl season is all about, we have conclude of course with the granddaddy of them all. And for once, for the first time in five years, it is proper. It Big is the Ten Big Ten Pac-10. champion against the Pac-10 champion. Pac-12 champion. Well, sir, yeah. Uh, so, because the Stanford-Iowa was Big 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 Ten Pac-12, but it wasn't champion versus champion. No, yeah, that's right. We've got a proper Rose Bowl. We do. Um, again, one of the few traditional Rose Bowl matchups that we'll actually see these days. And it should be a pretty good game on paper because Washington has the defense to run with Ohio State's offensive weapons on the outside. Um, if Ohio State hasn't been able to run the ball for most of the season, they sure as hell ain't going to do it in this game. Uh, the I mean, we'll see to what extent Washington's offense can move the ball against Ohio State. I mean, they still have Gaskin. He's a pretty solid talent. He, I think he had pretty good numbers. No, I'm thinking of the Apple Cup when he went off. There was no nobody went off in the championship game last week. Well, but, no, the fans went off. I'm sure they the did. The fans, no, that was a great scene. All of the fans in attendance booed the game as it was ending. <laughs> yeah, like, we paid for this bullshit. Well, and also they booed uh, Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott for just generally <laughs> failing them. Remember, did you hear the thing about how like there was a targeting call overturned because some like executive marketing director like called in to the officials box and was like I overturned this call are you serious what are you talking yeah, about that's a thing that, yeah that's absolutely a thing that happened the, oh the official God. explanation was but it was overturned by a third party <laughs> yeah that's Pac-12 the most, like... fans are mad are, they're very mad about what's happened in the Pac-12 not just because of the official thing remember Pac-12 officials also ejected Benny Snell but generally because the Pac-12 has fallen out of the race yeah, well, I mean, there's really just a power four now, isn't there? Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, usually you see in a game like that, it was really heartwarming. You, you know, Utah fans booed as expected. But then when Larry Scott <laughs> grabbed the microphone, Washington, Washington fans joined booed. them in booing. He's like the Gary Bettman of college football now. <laughs> Ra-boo-do-re-ra, boo-do-re-ra. <laughs> yes, how the Grinch stole the Pac-12. So, <laughs> back to the game. Um, I don't know what to expect in this one. I mean, I, I kind of expect Ohio State to run away team. with it. Yeah, they're the better really team and they should win. But again, it, so much of the bowl, and this is why every bowl game matchup feels kind of hard to predict, is like, well, I know what should happen on paper, but will that actually happen when you never know what's going on? Guys transfer, guys declare for the draft, coaches will get interviewing other jobs, like guys party the night before, who knows? Um, Ohio State's definitely the better team, I think, though. <laughs> well, yeah, you have Steven Garcia as far as one, some of the one of the best pre-game night before the game parties of all time. Right. Um, so we'll look around. We'll touch on a few other bowls of interest. You mentioned it earlier. UCF, of course, is still kind of my second team to watch. There, I mean, you have to love their story. I think it feels like if you're not a fan of a traditional power that's in the playoff conversation every year, you are Team UCF because they're carrying the banner for everyone trying to shatter this corrupt system, trying to get a fair shot in a world where really the shots are not going to be fair. The window They're going to drain the, the swamp. Always, the windows always get well. If you've ever been to Florida, that would take some doing. <laughs> um, 
to be honest, if you drained the swamp, I think there would just be plenty of seawater to flow. Well, they would have drained the swamp had they been pitted against Florida. Yeah, had they been allowed to play the cowardly inhabitants of the swamp who ducked them from Michigan. So um, it'll be interesting. Um, UCF. The other thing about UCF is, yeah, yeah. Well, they once again are thrown an overrated three-loss SEC team. Yeah, and I, I have little doubt that. LSU is going to learn, as have previous SEC teams that played UCF, that this team is no joke. And then you know what? <coughs> UCF wins this game. I fully expect half the talking heads on ESPN to explain it away by saying that, oh, well, LSU didn't really care about the game. Well, LSU is not really an elite SEC team. No. They only well, beat, you know, well, beat should have been playoff participant Georgia by 20. So. Well, you know, they were just really sad about not getting to play in a bigger bowl game, so they just phoned it in. But it was UCF Super Bowl. God, I hate so, ESPN so much. So, oh, man, what was other oh, games? I was going to say something about this game. Um, oh, yeah. The other thing is UCF. I mean, their head coach is Josh Heupel, who has one of the one of the best things you can have on your resume these days. Former Oklahoma offensive coordinator. Yeah. How, many, how many head coaches have that particular label on their resume? Yeah, yeah that's a pretty good that's a, that's an indication you're going to get Go all the way back to Mike Leach. With that one. You're going to get hired by another team really soon. So, other games of interest. We'll talk about this one because we're kind of in that same tier. The Orange Bowl, actually. One semifinal, Alabama versus Oklahoma. Well, that's a great game to watch because it's another chance to watch Kyler Murray play. Yeah. It would be the last, but certainly one of the last two. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've really been hearing all year about how really nobody outside the SEC would even have a hope of competing. Put up or shut up. Well, Clemson, but um, yeah, it, it feels kind of like they just sort of lumped in that conversation, like and talked about with the SEC. Well, but. basically, Clemson, basically, Clemson is the footnote to Alabama because when you talk about Alabama, then yeah, you always have to say, well, yeah, and then Clemson's also over there. Yeah, yeah, mostly because Clemson plays in what is. I mean, Clemson had a strength of schedule comparable to UCF's. The ACC was absolute ass this year. Ass, my dude. They were ass. Yeah. They were awful. Clemson was only really challenged by Syracuse. And even that, like, challenge, yeah, challenge in the sense that they were down to the, is that the game they were down to their third string quarterback? Like, yeah. of course, when that happens, you're going to be challenged. But no, man, like, they absolutely cut through that league like a hot knife through butter. And I don't think that's necessarily saying anything bad about Clemson, but if you want to, like, we're always talking about comparing league schedules. And I feel like almost by default, because of the strength of Clemson, people are probably going to slide the ACC in there at two. And that's a terrible assessment of the state of affairs in college football. The SEC, outside of Georgia and Alabama, and to a lesser extent, Auburn, sucked ass last year. There's just no two ways about it. This year or last year? Last year. year. Um, The SEC doesn't... The SEC kind of sucks this year, outside of... Georgia and Bama. Georgia and Bama, and to a lesser extent, LSU. LSU. Yeah, there's always Bama and another team, and then one third guy that's kind of there. You know, Texas A&M was okay, too, towards the end, I guess. Arkansas, got, Arkansas got their face rocked off by North Texas. Including what better be the play of the year in that fake fair catch. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm interested in seeing how this game plays out. I mean, everyone uh, because it's the playoff, because it's Alabama, the whole the whole broadcast is going to be about, is Tua healthy enough to play? What happens if Jalen Hurts gets Hurts? Hurts got hurts did. As long as Chris Collinsworth doesn't get to cover a quarterback's injury, I'm just telling Rodgers with that knee. He just had that, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, you don't know how mobile he is with that knee, and you just get, 
you know, I don't think we've touched on that knee. That might be a factor here. I don't know. They're, basically, we're going to see a lot of close-ups of Tua's ankle. Yeah. Like, like pre-snap, he's going to be at the, he's going to be like, you know, calling his cadence, and it's just going to be like a tight shot. Yeah, ra- rather than like showing you the formation or the motion of the play, they're just going to be like, you cut it. Like, I bet they'll, have, you know, they'll, ESPN has the technology to do this. I'm one of the, I'm like one of the six channels they're covering it on. They'll have the main shot of the play and then a cut-in window just following Tua's ankle the whole game. No, they could. What they could have is an we entire the an entire channel that's just like um, that's to just what like a, a live you know three D rendering of the jo- of the ankle joint to his left ankle. What do you like mean? What it, what it's looking like? In what and then, and then also like the you know the von Mises stress map in 3D over this point, just a bunch of engineering data, right? What do you bet they put a GoPro on his on his sock, like on his left ankle? <laughs> but here's the perspective from the injured ligament itself. The only thing I can really compare this game to is last year's Rose Bowl, which was just nobody I don't think anybody expected it to be quite the offensive outburst that it was. And it just goes to, you know, I mean obviously Oklahoma's defense struggled, but you know, Georgia was able to put up a lot of points, but it goes to sh- it, that goes to show you that that myth that oh these SEC defenses are just impregnable. It doesn't matter who you are. No, it's not true. Most, like most of the time, they're just not playing very good offenses. And exactly. we see like what SEC defense has been able to stand up to Alabama this year? Really, like LSU held them under thirty. Okay, you know, golf clap for that, I guess. Um, by um, yeah. By any statistical model, Oklahoma is the number one offense in the country, and it's not really even close. Uh, Alabama has not seen anything like this. I'm really excited to watch this game. I think it'll be higher scoring than anybody expects. Yeah, and that's probably the only matchup in the playoff that I'm going to be interested in watching. There's These two quarterbacks shattered Baker Mayfield's <clears throat> passionate passing efficiency record from last year. Yeah, and that's like, incredible. And if you're still... Measuring your quarterback based on total yards or total touchdowns, get your head out of your ass, man. Um, so, look, it, it's hard for me to imagine that I would be as interested in watching any other combination of the playoff teams as I would be in these two. These, these are the two that I want to watch. I almost don't even care about the final. Even if Oklahoma wins this game, like, I'll watch it because what other, I mean, you know, degeneracy and all that. But... Well, I mean, I'm, 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 I feel like if Oklahoma beats Alabama, then they're not going to stand much of a chance against Clemson because Brett Venables has their number. Uh, they've played Clemson twice since he's gotten there. Former Oklahoma defensive coordinator, and he's just wrecked their shit. It's funny because he got fired from Oklahoma for sucking as the defensive coordinator. Yeah, think about that. Brett Venables got fired from his last job. Well, because I, re- I remember... Back in 2011, hey, right, and, it, it. and they Get lost Break it up. some game to a middling Tommy Tuberville Texas Tech team. It was the T6, right? They lost to the T6. Trolling Tommy Tuberville's Texas Tech team. And the OU message boards are just lighting up. Ooh, here we go, another Brent Vulnerable special. <laughs> I'm like, that was probably before Twitter was all that big, but there's, there's definitely got to be some, some screen caps that people regret. In any case, uh, yeah, I mean, I have no interest in watching Notre Dame Clemson because, for one thing, Clemson's probably gonna squash Notre Dame like a like a like one of those fat bugs full of juice. And, and it's also isn't it interesting butt. how Notre Dame is getting is as like 
It's funny, Notre Dame is taking advantage of the ACC. They're friends with benefits, but <laughs> obviously the ACC wants more, and Notre Dame's just like, yeah, let's, you know. This is going to be where yeah, things... They're moving too fast. This is going to be where things get dark between Notre Dame and the ACC. <laughs> so uh, Yeah, well, because cause somehow Notre Dame does seem to always duck the best teams in the ACC in the regular season, including Clemson this year. Well, yeah, that and like... And the fact that they don't have to win a conference championship. Right. They don't have... They're not in any way obligated to play any of the best teams because they don't have to participate well, so, in the right, hang, hang on, though. I mean, it's not entirely fair because, look, in most years, a schedule that includes Michigan, Stanford, Virginia Tech, and Florida State would be very good. would be True. like a top 10 schedule in the country. It just so happened that this year, three of those four teams were far below their usual selves. Stanford was quietly bizarre and kind of shitty. Yeah, they were. I mean, <laughs> well, this is what they get for having a quarterback who actually plays well. Instead of just completing twelve out of seventeen passes for one hundred and eighty yards and one touchdown, that, like Arsenal Whiteside, he fin- he must have finished with like twenty catches and fifteen touchdowns. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, and then the, the the other bowl that I wanted to see, really the only one from kind of the normal slate of bowls that has any interest for me that doesn't involve a Big Ten team, uh, dude. Circle on your calendar the Camping World Bowl, West Virginia and Syracuse. Oh, West Virginia actually gets to play somebody that they care about. That's going to be wild. Uh, it really sucks for West Virginia that they've just gotten so geographically isolated in this conference, and there's no way that they care about really anybody in it. Uh, well, after the Horns Down incident of this year, I might beg to differ on that. I think they've... I well, think they've, everyone hates Texas. Well, sure, but there's there's hating Texas in the sense that they're the big, rich jerk that everyone knows from their childhood. And then there's hating Texas like the way Oklahoma does. And I think Texas, or not Nebraska, not Texas, Tech, but, Texas well, Tech definitely does. Texas A&M. Really, everybody that's had any significant interaction with right. Texas. Well, like I'm not aware of any particular animosity on like TCU or Baylor or Oklahoma State is one saying. Like, They've been like, in the Big 12, so yeah. <laughs> You, you, I feel like you're missing Texas. My well, point. the thing is that Texas destabilized the Big Twelve, so that was Texas's interaction with them. But yeah, West Virginia definitely has enough experience with Texas to hate them. My point is horns down. So always, <laughs> always. Anyway. I was very disappointed that Oklahoma didn't do that as the game was wrapping up. And oh just yeah, take like, a throw all the flags penalty. you want. What are you In fact, do, they got is, yeah. a fifteen-yard penalty on the decisive touchdown for spiking the ball because. That hurt Texas's feelings, and so that's unsportsmanlike. So we, you can't do that. It's not that one was not Tom Herman's fault. We still have more him. money He's than you. Teacher. We still have more money, so you know, flag on you. <laughs> flag so, on you. Flag on you for being poor. You don't even own any oil wells with your poor ass. Get get your poor. Get poor. I don't have to talk to you in Texas. Stop yeah. not owning things. Coaching carousel. Brief update on this. Um, no official movement yet from Maryland. Things seem to be progressing there. Uh, again, like we said, there's rumors that they're interested in Pat Hamilton. There's, you know, it, for I think they may have been involved with Mel Tucker, Georgia's defensive coordinator, but it looks like he to Colorado is pretty much a done deal. Um, Akron waited in kind of late, fired Terry Bowden, I think the same day that Central Michigan made their hiring announcement, so... We'll see. I mean, they're gonna <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Arms race. I guess we better. I guess we better fire our guy if we're gonna get into Wait, it. Um, hold on. Did oh no no. I, I at one point Bill Polian was rumored to be the head coach of Bowling Green, but that no, they hired somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear how they conducted their last coaching search that led to yes. Mike Jinks? Yes, you've told me multiple. <laughs> I, I just I, I just can't <laughs> believe it. So I guess the athletic director, what he did was he realized 
Well, Bowling Green has succeeded by having pretty good offense. So he Googled who has the best offense in college football and found that it was Texas Tech. Then he proceeded to hire the cheapest assistant coach that he could find from Texas Tech. Or the, the yeah. The one they could afford best. Yeah. The one they could so, best afford. Here's, here's the thing. like <laughs> You hear that and it's like, well, that's the dumbest thing. I've, and then like you think about it and I'm like, well, if I was an athletic director, like, what would I do? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> And I was like, oh yeah, well, that's because I'm an idiot with no background in administration or business. And I would probably, yeah, I would think like, well, this is basically just like NCAA football, right? So like you I just say that you're not out. a master in business and administration. <laughs> no, although there, there have been times where I've thought about going back and like, honestly, after the bar exam, the concept of more school, it just like, it, <laughs> it makes my skin crawl. Like it, it would probably be good for me professionally. I have no motivation to do it, like, at all. Not even a little bit, so. So, Texas Tech hired Matt Wells. A uh, bit surprising. I really expected Seth Luttrell. It seemed like the most obvious like thing in, in the world. Which, I guess, you know. Texas guy, air raid guy from that Big 12 coaching tree. He, lived, like, isn't, uh, where is North Texas? Denton? Is that what the town is yeah. called? Like, that's got to be the closest play. That's got to be the closest major school to Texas Tech, doesn't it? Aren't they both in North Texas? Like, Yeah, they're in that little awkward, like, little stump up that, there, I think. Yeah, the little thing that pokes out and causes the panhandle of Oklahoma. But, yeah. Uh, so, no, they don't hire that. Instead, they go, I mean, isn't Matt Wells regarded as a defensive guy? Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah. On oh. the other hand, isn't that kind of understandable? Like, you had who is regarded as one of the best young offensive minds in the country running your program, and you were never able to do better than seven wins. Um, you, again, as, as we've discussed when we went over Kingsbury being fired, you had Pat Mahomes. You went five and seven. Yeah. So if, if it's... if you and, King, and Kingsbury is getting huge. Did he get hired officially as the I don't think so. He's probably still taking 100 calls a day. Yeah. I mean, he is highly sought after as a big old Packers fan. I would not complain at all if he were the offense coordinator there. Right. He, I mean, he's going to have NFL interests, both as OCs and as head coaches. He's going to have probably, he could probably have any head coach yeah, that he wants. You know, now that you put it that way, that's perfectly understandable. Like, what what program that has an opening right now would not hire Cliff but, uh, Kingsbury if he was interested? I guess Seth Luttrell, yeah, you know what? When, you, when you've had something fail, I can totally see wanting to not wanting to go back to that well. Don't coach, yeah. Isn't that always the way, like, at any level? at least college and above, that what if a guy fails, you do something very different your next hire. Like, isn't that what led Nebraska to Mike Riley? Yeah. Which shows exactly how brilliant this approach is. So, um, you know, that being said, just remember, um, when Pat Fitzgerald is head coach of the Packers, at least Northwestern will have had that one trip. Oh boy, I despise you. Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's Off Tackle Empire!